0: Well, good morning. good morning. My name is Chris Emmons. I'm the Ross Campus Pastor here now. Normally, right now, our student pastor Andy Crowl would be coming up here, and he's he's louder than I am, which is surprising. I don't know how that's possible. Um, but Andy cannot walk right now. His foot is is immovable, apparently, um, or so he says. Um, no, <laughs> believe me, Andy. We're praying for you, man. Like we know he's hurting. He's not feeling good, um, and so I'm here. To welcome you to White Oak. I'm uh, glad you guys are here. Listen, if it's your first Sunday with us, first of all, I want to say a special welcome to you. Thank you for being here this morning. Um, we, we love to see new faces around, and we love to meet new people, and so thank you for joining us today. And so a couple of things I want to ask you to do if this is your first time with us. First, I'd love for you to scan this QR code with your phone, okay? Pull your phone out, bring your camera up, scan that, it'll, it'll take you to a website. And on that website, there's going to be a link that says new here. You can also get to it by going to dwocccom welcome. Uh, but if you click on new here, we would just love for you to share a little bit of information with us. And, and, and I'm going to tell you why we ask you to do that. It's, it's really just for me. It's for me because I want to reach out to you. I want to reach out to you and just say, thank you. Thanks for coming. I want to offer myself to answer any questions you may have about White Oak. And so we would love to be able to do that. I'd love to be able to text you this week and just say, hey, thanks for coming this week. We were so glad you were there, okay? So you can do that. But also, second thing I want you to do, if this is your first time with us, I'd love for you to stop at the Hub out in the lobby. It's right in the center of the lobby. Friendly, smiling faces there. Love to talk to you. And I'd send you there because we got a little gift for you. We got a gift as a way of saying thanks for coming to White Oak. Thanks for being here with us this morning. So make sure you take advantage of that. We would love to have you do that. We love all of you here. We're glad all of you are here today. Now, a few weeks ago, actually about a week this, past, this, week this fri- past Friday, so a week, not this Friday, but the one before, we got together and we celebrated at, at both of our campuses across these last couple of weeks, we celebrated seniors who are graduating from high school. We had a, a night, yeah, let's give it up for them, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we had a senior dinner where we were celebrating the high school graduating class of 2023. And so this is something that we love to do for our seniors because this is a journey for them. This is a part of their journey, a huge step in their journey about where they're going next, just a stop along the road to the next thing that God calls them to. So we, we, we got together, we celebrated them, we had dinner, we had good laughs, good times together. We, we talked about some great memories that they were made as a part of their senior, as a part of their high school experience, their school experience. But more importantly, we prayed over them. The parents prayed over them. We, we talked about where God was going to send them, what God was going to do with them next. And so we did this, we celebrated this, and that is something that we, we value here at White Oak, celebrating. We value celebrating the things that God celebrates. And so that's what we did. Um, but today, because we did this, and maybe some of you couldn't be there and some of that, I want to take a minute right now in the service to acknowledge People who are graduating. So, if you're a senior who's graduating high school this year, if you're uh, graduating from college this year, maybe you're getting ready to finish your college career, if you're getting a master's degree or a doctorate, you're graduating from something this year. I'd love for you to stand up right now. I'd love you to stand up right where you are. If you're in here, maybe we don't have any in here. Stand up. Don't be shy. Stand. Stand up. Stay standing up. Come on. Yeah. Stay standing up, stay standing up, stand, I know, I know, listen, listen, it's humility, right? We're Christians, humility, I give you permission right now, be proud, okay? What I'm going to do for you right now is I want to pray for these people over here, and if so, these, these are some of these young women over here who are graduating, I'm going to pray for them right now, and if you'll join me in prayer, I'd just love to lift them up. Heavenly Father, today I lift up these young women today who are graduating, I lift them up to you, Lord, because... Uh, This is a moment in their journey. This is a moment where, Lord, you will define them. You will push them forward. You will give them a mission and a purpose of where they're supposed to go. And so today I lift them up. But I lift up all seniors, all people who are graduating, who are moving through through a moment in their life where they've come to a conclusion of one phase and getting ready to go into another. We lift them up to you today, Lord. We ask you to protect them, to watch over them, and most importantly, Lord, to remind them that they are yours and that you love them, and that you have big plans for them. Thank you for their dedication. Thank you that they said yes to pushing themselves forward and being, and being devoted to that educational cost. Thank you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Now we've been in this series, we just kicked off a series last week called No Matter What. And no matter what, it's a strong phrase when you hear that said. Like, I, I, it's very strong for me, it brings up the idea of determination. Uh, graduating people, people who have graduated and, and pushed themselves, there's determination in that. You know, you got to set your mind to do something. When, no matter what comes your way, no matter what the obstacle, no matter what the cost, no matter what the struggle no matter what might happen, right? These are the phrases that you hear when you say the word no matter what. For me, I oftentimes picture long distance like marathon runners when I think of no matter what. I think it takes real determination to run long distances. Uh, there was a time that I was running, you may be surprised because I don't like to run now, um, five or six miles at a time. Like I was out doing five or six miles at a time, and this has been in the last five years. This was not when I was in high school, y'all, okay? Um, This was like in the last five years, and I considered, and there was a point where I said, you know what, I might try to run a half marathon. Now, I went out and ran. The very first time I ran, like I had to run like seven miles. It took me like an hour and 20 minutes. And then I realized that I didn't think I could maintain that pace for 13.1 miles. So I estimated that for me to run or walk a half marathon, like run-walk combination of a half marathon, it would probably take me like two and a half to three hours, Um, that's a long time, (laughs) y'all. And I'm going to tell you, there was a real lack of no matter what for me. Um, It was like, I'm going to run a half marathon. It was more of an unless it takes me two and a half to three hours. Then I'm not going to do that. That seems like a lot. I'm only awake for like 15 hours. That's like 20% of my day, okay? I didn't have the endurance, the determination to do that, okay? No matter what requires fortitude. It does. And this series has been about looking at the determination and the fortitude, particularly of some of the women that we find who follow Jesus. They did this no matter what. They were saying yes to being a disciple of Jesus. And so, in that time, they were living in a time when women were not given the same opportunities as men. They were not given the same place to grow in their faith as men were given. The religious elite of the time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the ones who were in charge of faith, they told women, listen, your place is not in the temple. It's not learning. It's in the home. You're servants to men. That's what they were told. And so... Jesus came into the scene and said, Listen, I want to change what being a disciple looks like. I want to change what it means to follow God. And he did that for women as well. Jesus regularly welcomed women into discipleship with him. A place where they didn't have a place before. There were women there. They were loved. They were accepted. And they were not done, this was not done. Jesus didn't do this as some type of token, right? Right? or some afterthought, like, oh, we better have women there too. But he did this as a place where they could be invited into the same relationship that Jesus was giving to them as they would a man. The relationship of a teacher to his students, a king to his loyal subjects. Jesus recognized the transformative power of discipleship And he breaks cultural norms of the time by defending the rights of women to sit and learn from him. See, Jesus values all of our participation in a relationship with him. And so our big idea today that we're going to talk about is this. A disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus. A disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus. Now, the word disciple, it really just means a follower, A follower of Jesus. And the truth is we all follow something or someone. That's going to be the reality. We all follow something or someone. We just got out of a series that said say yes, right? We were in a series that was all about saying yes to following Jesus. And so today we're truly going to look at if we want to be a follower of Jesus, then we belong at his feet. We belong at his feet, learning from him to be more like him. Today we're going to be reading an interaction that Jesus had with two women. And this narrative is found in the book of Luke. It's in Luke chapter 10. So if you've got your Bible or a Bible app that you want to open up, turn that to Luke chapter 10. Now, if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. The words are going to be on the screen here in just a minute. But I would love for you to know that we have Bibles available for you at the Hub. Okay? And so you can go and pick a Bible up. You can take that. You can keep it. It's yours. Now, the two women in this story were sisters. Their names were Mary and Martha. And Jesus is going to teach a very valuable lesson on what it means to follow him. And so let's start reading this, this narrative in verse 38, okay? As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. So we get a picture here. Let's stop there. Because we get a picture here of two different approaches to Jesus, okay? Martha, who it says is the homeowner, okay? She's, this is her home. She has offered this home to Jesus and his disciples. She said, come in, eat. Now, just a few verses before this, listen, just a little bit before this, in this narrative, Luke talks about Jesus sending out the 72 out to go teach other people about what he's teaching. And as a part of that, he says, go to places and have people host you in their homes. That's what he's looking for. So what Martha is doing is a good thing. And she's spending her time working on all the things you work on when you host someone in your home, right? She's cooking, she's cleaning, she is setting the table for them. Now, we get that idea. You might be someone who's all about hosting. Maybe this is a talent that you have. You, you love the idea of, of making a warm and welcoming environment for people. I just want to share with you, that is a gift from God. It's not one that I have. Um, my wife will tell you, I'm like, people are like, you come coming to my house. I'm like, where can we hide all this? Let's just push that in the closet. It's cool. Like, they, don't, they can see our dirt. That's fine. But this is a gift from God to play, create a space. It's a spiritual gift, actually. The scripture tells us hospitality. That's a spiritual gift. Again, don't mistake the fact that Martha is serving Jesus. Literally, she is serving Jesus and his crew like food, and she's taking care of them. But the narrative that Luke recounts here says that she is distracted. That's the word it used. It says distracted. The literal word that's used in the Greek there is it's to be drawn away from, to be preoccupied, too busy to notice something. Distractions. I think we get distractions, don't we? We understand what distractions are. We get distracted, maybe some students in here, you get distracted from your schoolwork by uh, like friends or television or video games, right? We might get distracted from our job, some of us, by stuff that's happening at home, right? Something's happening in your home, it distracts you. Or maybe the opposite is true. Maybe you get distracted from your home life, you get distracted from your family and some of those things from the attention that we give to our career and to our job. We get distracted from a list of responsibilities by social media, and we get distracted from our faith from all of the same things I just talked about, all of these things and so much more. We let so many things stand in the way of our relationship with Jesus, jobs, family, friends, and those are not bad things, Okay? Don't hear me say that you can't have these in your life. That's not what I'm saying. Martha was using her God-given talents to serve Jesus, yet it was still a distraction. Because when we let something draw us away from Jesus instead of drawing us closer to him, that's a distraction. Tradition, rules, these are things, church preferences, right? Oh, they don't sing the way I like them to sing. They don't do that the way I like them to do that. However well-intentioned they may be, they are not worth separating us from the place we need to be. They don't need to distract us. Because in Scripture, we are often called to be with Jesus. We are called to be with Jesus. And listen, Martha was with Jesus physically, but she wasn't with Jesus. Do you hear what I'm saying? She was present with Jesus, but she wasn't in the presence of Jesus. She wasn't talking to him or listening to him or learning from him. She was too busy doing all the things that you're supposed to do for Jesus to take time to really be with Jesus. And the truth is a disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus. Martha's distraction led her to get upset too. She got upset about the lack of help that, she was, that Mary was providing her in this meal. They might have even, ta- I imagine they talked about before, like Mary, we're going to do this and we need to do that. And Mary's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Jesus shows up and she's like, uh, never mind, I'm going to sit here and listen to Jesus. And Martha's frustrated. Maybe you've had a sibling, okay, listen, these are sisters, okay, sisters in the room, right? Maybe you've had a sibling rivalry that you can appreciate the tone that Martha gives to Jesus. She's like, don't you care that that, and I'm adding words here, that worthless, lazy sister of mine who <laughs> takes my clothes and, and steals my things and t- always is talking to the guys I like, don't you notice that she's not helping me? What's up, Jesus? But you'll notice that Mary, the Martha, asks her him a yes or no question. It's a yes. Or, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do all the work? And in my experience, when you ask a yes or no question, you typically expect a specific response. You ex, you have a, you assume that they're going to agree with you. She expects Jesus to agree with her. Now again, Martha is performing a worthy task. But she's consumed with what other people are doing. She's consumed. Martha had assumed she knew better than Mary. She said, the way I'm doing is better, Mary. She was busy doing the work for God. But she was also busy evaluating Mary's decisions. This is common in the church. As believers, many of us, and I would dare to say a large majority, okay? Because I'm including myself in here. Our perception, we like to we like to assess other people's faith. We like to assess the faith of other people. I could make a list of all the things I've said, I've heard other people say about other believers. And man, I'm telling you right now, I need to get on my knees and I need to ask forgiveness for letting that happen. That's the truth. For letting myself think those things. I'm not happy I've done it. I'm a little shamed, actually, when, when I read some of this kind of stuff that it makes me go, ooh, okay. I want Jesus to make me better. So we get obsessed with pointing out the missteps that people make on this journey. And we forget that we're not perfect either. Think of how much more effective the church would be if we gave half the energy to assessing our own walk, our own discipleship, than we do to assessing the walk of others. See, a community, a community does not thrive in those type of environments. A community suffocates when all of its energy is spent being an assessment agency for one another. What would be be more effective, right, is that if each person was to take ownership of their own faith walk, their own journey, and to look inward instead of pointing judgments outward. That doesn't mean ignoring sin in the midst of community. That's not what that means. But it does mean being slow to make assessments in areas that have nothing to do with sin. And Martha crossed this line. And the Lord, Jesus, refused to hear her complaint. Look at how Jesus responds to to Martha in verse 41. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, the second approach to Jesus is the one that Mary takes. She's found sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. She is an example of someone who's willing to sit at the feet of Jesus in fellowship, to learn from him, to be a disciple. The beauty of it is, is not just that Mary is in this place, but it further points to how Jesus honored women. The fact that Jesus pictures women as disciples shows that they are treated with respect as people. It's full disciples. Listen, you may be looking at it and go, yeah, man, that's terrible the way it was back then. Don't act like we don't have this issue today. We still have this issue today. Today, however, the gender battle is often fought in a very different way than it was back then. See, as opportunities have opened up for women that were unthinkable in, in that first century, that has also changed the way we approach the way we treat each other. We have this War, so to speak, waging over who should or shouldn't have power. Men and women are at war with each other over who should be in charge. And the enemy has said, you've got to divide. You've got to be in one of two factions. Either you're for one or the other. There's entire movements devoted to elevating either men or women over the other. This is not what Jesus wanted. Jesus foresaw a time when men and women could both contribute to the case of Christ, to what they were, he was doing, working together rather than fighting over power. See, when Jesus is saying, when you, when you elevate the act of serving me to its proper place, if you elevate discipleship to its proper place, then the battles over power become less relevant Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, portrays a person willing to learn from him. Martha's busyness pictures someone serving him. Here's the interesting thing. Martha got distracted. Martha was thinking, paying attention to the wrong things. But it still points to the fact disciples of Jesus need to do both. We need to consume God's word. We need to be bathed in deep prayer. We need to work to bring ourselves into better living, closer to what Jesus calls us to be. And we need to be going out and serving others with a deep faith because of what we know about Jesus Christ. A disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus. What Mary does here is a peaceful and calming act. We often get caught up in the hustle and bustle of of the world, right? And we need to pause for a moment. We need to reflect for a moment before the Lord. She, she willingly submitted to Jesus as her king. She got before him and she's listening to his word. The distractions will try to get in the way, but Jesus is saying, do not be confused, right? He says, Martha, Martha. He's trying to be tender with her, but he's trying to be very clear, What Mary's doing is a good thing. And you'll notice that Jesus doesn't say, Martha, what you're doing is wrong. He doesn't call her out on serving him physically. He just says what she's doing is a good thing. Now, the NIV uses the phrase better. He says better. In the Greek, the word's actually good. It's a good thing. A good, excellent, honorable thing that Mary is doing. Listen, sometimes discipleship requires that some tasks need to be suspended so that fellowship can be maintained. And so today that translates into spending time in the Bible, reading God's Word, praying, being instructed by others about about how you can be a better disciple, about, about your role in the world. May involve taking silence times during the day, just listening to God, listening to what He wants to say to you. See, hear me. It is a great temptation to serve at the expense of being fed spiritually. Like we want to do stuff, right? I'm a man, that's, that's how I'm designed. Give me something to do, keep me busy. I've got a to-do list. So what is it? What is it that you, and you've got to answer this for yourself, what is it that you have put on your to-do list before your time at the feet of Jesus? This is what Jesus' remarked to Mary to Martha means. Martha, some activities can wait. There's a time to work. There's a time to listen. In contrast to Mary coming to the feet of Jesus and listening to what he has to say, Martha demands that Jesus do something for her. Did you notice that? He, she demanded that he do something for her. She tells him what to say Jesus, tell her to get off her butt. We do that too, right? We might go to God and we say, God, why won't they do things my way? Why won't they do them my way? Lord, I know better. Some of us might go to Jesus and talk to him about our traditions or our habits or our way of doing Christianity, right? Or we go and we think there's this long list of requirements to get into heaven. We say, if they're not doing all those things the same way I would, then they're not getting into the kingdom. And you say, if I don't sin or if I give more money or if I serve more people, if I go to church every week, so on and so forth, then, then we'll get into heaven. That's the requirements. And folks, when we do that, we look at God and we don't set at his feet. Instead, we stand and we say, Lord, get up and go battle for my desires. Go do what I want. Come down here and set things right because that's what I believe. People are sinning. They're making mistakes. And they need to be reminded. They need to be held accountable. Our fists get clenched, right? You ever seen somebody like that? And we see the work that needs to be done. And our self-righteousness overtakes our emotions And we want Jesus to serve at our feet. Don't mistake your your place in this relationship. Jesus is the king and you are not. I might be getting animated and loud up here. I get it. But, But Jesus calmly looks at us and says, stop. Just sit down. Just listen. Just listen to me just like he did with Martha he speaks to us and he says you're concerned about all of these things that other people are doing but only one thing's needed me me a disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus later in scripture Martha and Mary they interact with Jesus again it's actually in John Chapter 11. And Martha and Mary's brother, Lazarus, has died in this story. He was a friend of Jesus. Probably someone, if, I, if I'm guessing, he was probably someone who was at Martha's house when this all happened. And Jesus knows that he's died before they arrive in the town of Bethany. He knows that Lazarus has already passed away. He was aware as well of what he's about to do. If you know this story... Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Jesus even says, he tells his disciples, this is going to prove to you who I am. I'm going to show you something amazing. And as he arrives, Martha's the first one to come out and meet him. So in chapter 11, verse 21, we get this interaction between Martha and Jesus said, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into this world. What an amazing transformation. Very different from that first interaction that we read with Martha and Jesus, right? It's funny, Jesus asked her a yes or no question. He knew the answer. Martha's the first to come out and see Jesus. She's heartbroken, but she expresses her faith in him. You notice she says, Lord, you will do whatever you do. God will give you whatever you ask. She expresses her faith, even as she struggles to understand why Lazarus had to die, right? And Jesus reassures her, he said, Lazarus will rise again. And he uses this opportunity to disciple her aching heart, to reveal to her that he is the resurrection. The only way to the Father is through him, that he is the life. She acknowledges the king in this moment. She isn't telling him what to do anymore. He's the savior. And Martha runs back to the house to tell Mary that Jesus says, come out here, come see me. Pick this up in verse 32 of that same chapter. And authenticity. When she meets Jesus, she knows the power that Jesus has. She's distressed over her brother's death, and she cries out to him, "Lord, if you'd been here, he just wouldn't have died." Despite her pain, Mary pursues Jesus, and he brings her in. He brings her authentic self into his presence. Again, she falls at the feet of Jesus. She's at his feet again, and so much so, but the pain she's feeling. That scripture records that he was moved to tears by her pain. And so through his revelation, he brings her back to life. He raises her brother. He restores her faith. You see, just like Mary and Martha, we are called to be at the feet of Jesus no matter what. To give ourselves over to his teachings, to put his needs and wants before our own, to worship him in everything that we do. We're called to be disciples who put our relationship with him above all else, over our jobs, our families, our friends, our struggles, our addictions, our self-righteousness, our preferences, our opinions. All of that takes a backseat to what Jesus is doing. Why should that be the case? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus Christ put everything he had aside for us. He put his lordship, he put his throne, he put his life on the line for us. He went to the cross, he gave his life so that we could be brought into right relationship with his father. Yeah, we've messed up, we've made mistakes, and Jesus said, I will cover that with my blood. And he says, because of this, you should want better. You should come to me, you should learn You should be fed by my word. A disciple belongs at the feet of Jesus. Today, you might need to accept that gift. Maybe that's something that you need to do today. You've been running from Jesus. You're busy with the distractions of the world, right? You've never accepted the invitation for that full life that Jesus offers. I encourage you to take that step today. We're going to be down, myself, some of the prayer team will be down front here after this, during this next song, actually. And we would love to pray with you. Maybe you need to take the step of choosing to be baptized. Maybe you've said, Jesus, I believe in you, but I've not given myself over to the obedience of following you, of, of surrendering my life, being baptized, to be made a new creation. Maybe that's the step you need to take. Come down and pray with us. Maybe you just need to prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. Maybe your heart needs to change a little bit about how you view Jesus as someone to follow, not someone to tell what to do for you. Maybe you're like Martha. Maybe you're too distracted by the things going on around you. You're too busy assessing other people's faith journeys. Maybe you need to let God change your heart and make you realize that this isn't about you and what you want, and what you desire. It's about what I want. Maybe that's the heart change that God needs to do in your life. Come down and pray with us. Let us pray over you. Jesus wants us all at his feet. He wants us all to stop being distracted, to come and set and learn. And he does that and he proves that in what he's willing to do for us. Come see what Jesus wants to show you. Come learn for him. No matter what stands in the way. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your, the sacrifice of your son Jesus. Thank you for choosing to take the cross for us. Thank you for allowing us to sit at your feet to listen to you, to hear from you, to to just worship you, Lord. Today, Lord, remind us, continue to push us to follow you, to give our lives over to you, to not let the distractions of this world stop us from being a disciple of you. Lord, I pray in your name that if anyone in this place is ready to make that move, Lord, that you would remove all barriers, that you remove all fear, all all concern from their way, and you would open the path for them to, to step forward, to come to your feet. We love you, Lord Jesus. We pray all this in your name. Amen.